0: For years, there was a thought of, oh, they're never going to be able to make one because the rights were so complicated. It's like they can't figure out who owns it and who gets the rights to this stuff. And then when the first Spider-Man came out in 2002, it was like, oh, my God, there's like a Spider-Man movie.
1: It is kind of sad because Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are basically two of our biggest stars right now, two of the best actors working. And they're in the Spider-Man movies that everyone tries to forget happened. Hi, I'm Tim Gerson. And hi, I'm Will Leach, and we are Grierson and Leach. And we welcome you to Sci Fi Debate Club, where two old friends and film critics and hosts of the Grierson and Leach podcast discuss and debate weighty issues of the world of genre, sci fi, fantasy, and horror here on your Amazon Alexa device. Today, we're going to talk about Spider Man movies. He's the web slinger, Grierson. And it's funny how there was a stretch there where, man, there were a lot of Spider Man movies right and all happening. At the same time, and I think that hurt the franchise a little bit when you had, after the Sam Raimi movies, then very quickly you got the Andrew Garfield movies. And poor Andrew Garfield, by the way. No one ever says uh, the directors of those movies. They always say Andrew Garfield as if, like, Jamie Foxx's character was Andrew Garfield's fault. But the idea, I think a lot of people are frustrated about the Andrew Garfield movies, is those movies not only came too quickly on the heels of the Sam Raimi movies, but they also were... Like, we had the origin story again, and no one wanted to hear the origin story again. Spider-Man is a guy who oftentimes, the most beloved Marvel character, but because of kind of who owns him and who has the rights to him, sometimes the movie timeline has gotten a little screwed up.
0: Yeah, and it's also funny to think that for years, there was a thought of, oh, they're never going to be able to make one, because the rights were so complicated. It's like, James Cameron wants to make one, but he can't, they can't figure out who owns it and who gets the rights to this stuff, and then... When the first Spider-Man came out in 2002, it was like, oh my God, there's like a Spider-Man movie. I will say very briefly, I liked Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man, in Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. But for the reasons that you said, he's a Tony Award winner. I think he's okay. But I will say that when he did win his Tony for Angels in America, I thought, I am glad that Andrew Garfield is able to do this as opposed to thinking about more Spider-Man movies. I am glad that he is a very good actor, and he gave his all to the Spider-Man movies. And, you know, Emma Stone is good in those, too. But it's not only was it like the origin story all over again, it didn't feel significantly different, like the world of, of those movies. So it's like they're kind of interesting. But Tobey Maguire is the Spider-Man that we think of. I think he is the guy, at least for most of us, that may change in the next couple of years. But I think Tobey Maguire is still thought of as that's my Spider-Man.
1: But well, that's kind of the miracle of the first Spider-Man movies, right? Is that not only do we wait so long to get them, but man, they're really fun. <laughs> they're really fun, and I think a lot of the debate is which is better: the first one or the second one. I think the third one, third one. I think that the combination of Topher Grace and the emo dance sequence has kind of <laughs> stuck in people's minds. Maybe is not the most positive thing, but I would say that whether you like the first or the second one may depend a little bit on what your thoughts on the villain or may feel how much they invested in the character. To me, one of the fun parts about two is you don't have to do the origin story a little bit. But the first one, you see a sense of excitement and joy that like, wow, we've been wanting to put Spider-Man on the movie screen for so long. How are we going to do it? And Sam Raimi felt like he had the exact kind of right kind of tone to make that happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were comic book and superhero movies before that Spider-Man movie in 2002, like the X-Men movies had already started by that point. But that really feels like that was kind of like ground zero for the world that we now live in. It came out May 3rd of 2002. After that, the beginning of May is now kind of officially summer movie kickoff season. And Sam Raimi uh, directed all three of those. I'm a big Sam Raimi fan. I'm a big fan of Darkman. And in some ways, the first Spider-Man movie is like a retelling of Darkman in certain kinds of ways. But I'm more of a fan of Spider-Man 2. Partly because I think the villain is better. I think Doc Ock is, in terms of Spider-Man villains in general, I think he might be the best. He's in like the top two or top three, put it that way. I think that character is really kind of well-conceived. And like you said, Will, like the origin story, you don't have to deal with that in Spider-Man 2, which came out in 2004. It's more about the love story. It's more about Peter Parker sort of figuring out, okay, now that I have these powers, What does that exactly mean? You feel like maybe they got a little bit bigger of a budget because the first one was such a big hit. They were a little more kind of ambitious. It's more of a film about, like, Spider-Man in New York. And, like, New York is sort of kind of more of, like, the fabric of that movie. I think a lot of people, if you'd ended with Spider-Man 2, a lot of people would have said, Wow, that's one of the great, like, you know, superhero comic book blockbuster movies. I think Spider-Man 3, unfortunately kind of diminish that movie in certain ways. But that is not your favorite. Is that, is that fair to say? Do you have a different favorite Spider-Man movie It's now? definitely close between
1: those two. It's definitely close between those two. And for me, my favorite scene of Spider-Man 2 is still the subway scene that is absolutely killer. Not only the fact that he stops the subway, but then everyone, like, it's, you talk about it being a New York movie. That's a great kind of like New York moment where everyone kind of comes together. And he's just a kid and they carry him off. It's really kind of a sweet moment. But I got to give a lot of love to Spider-Man Homecoming, the new one. You know, one of the magic things about Marvel, it's kind of a sad thing to be magic about, they're really great at, like, getting brands back on track. They're really good at, like, making sure, like, Spider-Man was this damaged property that Sony had kind of messed up. So they said, okay, we'll do this weird sharing arrangement, but just fix our movie. And boy, did they. To me, you talk about great villains, I do think that Doc Ock is a great villain. But man, Michael Keaton is one of the more human villains you've ever had in a Spider-Man movie. The thing I love about the new Spider-Man movie is it really gets back to the core idea that this really is just a kid. and <laughs> He's played in such this kind of fun way. He's so exuberant. I want to be an Avenger. It'll be so fun. But it's also, there's still a gravity and weight to it that to me, pulling that thing together with all the different people that were yanking at it from every direction feels almost kind of its own little miracle.
0: Yeah, and also to your point, successfully... Realigned Spider Man into the Avengers world because once you saw Spider Man Homecoming, that kind of moved perfectly into Infinity War, and because it established the relationship between him and Tony Stark, which had been sort of hinted at or alluded to in Civil War, but then Homecoming, that's sort of a big part of it, is kind of this like father son kind of relationship that they have. What's also good about Spider Man Homecoming? Nobody dies along the way to start that origin story. They kind of just sort of jump into it. And it's more just about him and his buddies and him getting the super awesome Spider-Man suit and figuring out what it does and doesn't do and like that. And like you said, Michael Keaton, Yeah, you know, the Marvel movies are not they've made like a quadrillion dollars at this point. But you don't look at them and say, boy, there's so many great villains in those movies. Michael Keaton is as uh, the vulture is one of the really good ones. There's like a personal connection that he has with Peter Parker and when it like connects at the end when, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, we won't say what it is, but there's a connection that they have that works out really nicely in that. I still prefer Spider-Man 2, but Spider-Man Homecoming at least suggests that Marvel, as per norm, let them get their fingers on it. They know what they're doing
1: it is kind of sad because Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are basically two of our biggest stars right now, two of the best actors working and they're in the Spider-Man movies that everyone tries to forget happened. So I still blame Jimmy Fox for that. It's not really Jimmy Fox's fault, but boy, Oh boy, that villain. Yikes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think uh, Mark Webb uh, who directed both those movies, he deserves some of the, uh, the shame as, as well. They were just ill conceived. Yes, they, they, they were, they were, they were blockbuster movies that no human being wanted.
1: And now we've moved on and forgotten about them. But we never move on here. Actually, we do. We move on to the next show. So we'll have a new Sci-Fi Debate Club next week. And here's your reminder that for all things sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, visit Sci-Fi.